So I visited Nashville 10 years ago, and I walked up and down Broadway, and no joke, I heard the song Wagon Wheel three times on one walk. Each time it was being performed live by somebody in some club. I think there was a busker doing it. A phenomenon, to be sure. And as we stare down the 20th anniversary of that song's release early next year, I am so glad to have its co-writer, Catch Secor, with me, who also happens to be coming to Brown County Music Center with Old Crow Medicine Show on the 17th. Hi, Catch. Hey, good morning. Thanks for that great intro, man. <laughs> you know, I try to make it as big as the song we're talking about, you know, and uh, it is such a pleasure to have you. Okay, not not to make you tell a story you've told a million times, but for the uninitiated, I use the word co-writer to describe you in the intro. Who shares credit on this song and why? Oh, you talking about Bob? Bob. <laughs> The man. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I, I just love Bob Dylan, so, and who don't? And, right. And um, I'm just grateful to, to being a disciple of Bobness. Um, I found myself uh, with the opportunity to uh, to write a little bit in the margins on a um, on an old Bob Dylan song that kind of never had had the full scale of life breathed into it, and uh, together, me and Bob. Five years in between the pen strokes, put together a song that uh, will probably, uh, I know, outlast uh, me uh, and is part of the great canon of, of, of Bobness that, uh, you know, folks around Indiana have been digging for the past, oh, 50 years. <laughs> well, and indeed, he was just in town last month. He didn't do the song, but what has that whole association been like for you? I mean, from the surprise, well, I guess not the surprise that it was a hit. But it becoming a hit and it becoming this ubiquitous daily occurrence, I'm sure for you and so many, what's it been like? Uh, well, you know, when when I was when I was, when I was the era where I played a lot of nursing homes and soup kitchens and coffee shops, and every time I'd play this song, "Rock Me Mama Like a Wagon Wheel," people would always connect with it. Uh, and you know, I got so interested in in the um, traditional old time music that I was learning on the fiddle and the banjo, uh, and so I didn't even play wagon wheel all that much because I was so much more interested in you know nineteenth century fiddle music. Uh, and yet, there it always was, you know. And when I got to Nashville, folks were like, "Well, this is a songwriter's town. You got to have songs." And I said, "Well, you know, I like songs pretty good, like Bob Dylan's songs, but." <laughs> When it comes to great American music, I, I think probably the best statements have already been made. I've always, you know, I hang around thrift shops, too, so I'm sort of used to reappropriation. Uh, <laughs> and I love folklore. So um, to me, this song is uh, Rock Me Mama is sort of in the same canon as, um, as Rocky Top or as John Henry. It's a folk song. And uh, I'm just glad to see um, folk songs still mean something to people in the 21st century. Have you, have you gotten a chance to meet Bob and talk? No, I never met Bob. No, never. No, we just we just got the song in common. I mean, I think about Bob a lot, but I don't think he thinks about me, so that's all right. So back in August, Old Crow Medicine Show dropped Jubilee, which is a great album. And so on paper, it looks like you've been pretty prolific recently. Two albums in as many years, Paint This Town last year, Jubilee this year. What is, I guess, the real story? I mean, you can release an album years after you write the songs, of course, but two albums in as many years. 
Uh, well, nowadays it seems like the way that uh, he, this is the 25th anniversary of Old Crow Medicine Show. When we first came to Indiana, it was to play at Bean Blossom. And that was, you know, in, in 2001. Uh, and maybe we played in, uh, you know, in, in Bloomington um, at the Bluebird. You know, this is before we'd ever gotten any kind of real money to play music. And 25 years later, it's a totally different. Oh, we were selling cassettes when we first came out. I mean, we didn't have a website. You know, I was, I was, uh, I did a lot of the business of, of music on pay phones and I'd walk into places and, and say, Hey, do you need a band tonight? So, uh, in 25 years, I can't tell you just how vast the differences are in the ways of being in the line of work that I'm in. Uh, I often think of, um, of uh, a metaphor for being a fiddler in an old time string band as being a uh, pitcher on a minor league ball team. But the thing that's different about that is that, in 25 years, a pitcher on a minor league ball team really hasn't changed much. And yet my line of work is changed rapidly. No kidding. One, nobody sells records. I mean, there, there is nobody selling records except for Taylor Swift anywhere in any <laughs> genre. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I mean, except for the big stars that sell records. I mean, our, our album sold 500,000 copies after 10 years. You know that song that that the album that had Wagon Wheel on it. Had, you know that's a gold record, and nowadays, like I don't even know what's a gold record because nobody buys records. So anyway, you're asking me why why two albums in two years? Because albums don't really mean anything anymore. They're just signposts that say come see this show. Because one thing that's really remained the same is that the live music business is how a guy that plays the fiddle for a living can make a living at music. But it's new songs, though. That's that's the point of releasing it. And I know that some people are like, the album's days are numbered, you know, uh, a new album is going to be replaced by a new single in, in due time, and it depends on the genre. I think, you know, rock and folk and, and Americana and things like that, they're still going to be doing albums for a good long while. But you're talking about putting out new songs, potentially a new wagon wheel, something like that. And I think it's okay to flex that muscle, right? That's what you're doing there. Well, you know, the the other piece of it is that if you're a songwriter, you got to write them. Right. It doesn't matter if you had a hit before. Or, and no one's trying to, I mean, I guess a lot of people in Nashville actually, frankly, are trying to write hits. I'm just trying to write what, what I need to write in order to satisfy the need to write. You know, I make music and I, I follow, I'm a devotee of John Prime mm. or of Bob Dylan, yeah. artists um, or of A.P. Carter and the Carter family, artists for whom songs are a vehicle to explore a greater truth that must be wrestled with in the heart. That makes sense? Yeah. Like I'm trying to make sense of the world. I want to know what peace looks like between Gaza City and Jerusalem. Oof. And that's a piece that I can only explore as a as a as a writer because it's only in my brain and on and and on the page where i can actually make that piece be real because you know you go to the go to those places go you go to the holy land and there's no peace but i can envision a peace uh for all things and i can do it as a musician as an artist and and i think that it's it's ever so important 
uh, in a changing world that artists like me be allowed to envision a real lasting peace because I think we can do it better than any political figure than any that than uh, than the architects of society I think that the artist has a has a, a, a very important role in uh, in describing what peace looks like so that uh, the rest of the rest of y'all can know. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. I, I, I really appreciate that perspective. And, you know, you listen to any Old Crow Medicine Show record and you can tell that these songs came from that real place. They didn't come from somebody who was trying to write a hit. They came from somebody who was trying to make sense of the world and, uh, you know, like you said, explore the possibility of peace. But, you know, at the same time, I, you know, and your perspective is, is your own and and nobody else's and i'm sure that i'd get a different answer if i were to ask anybody else but have you ever like tried to write a song and make it a hit or are you always on that sort of uh earnest path toward exploring truth oh uh, well i mean if you can if you could be on the earnest path to exploring truth and have a little uh you know jingle to it it's memorable <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. No, I I think people want to make their music memorable. You know, it's um, you know, this is a it's just like advertising. You know, I grew up in the '80s watching a ton of television, and there was so much music on TV in the '80s. You know, every every brand of toothpaste had a song, and it's not that way anymore. And that's you know, that's all right that that style would change, but I'm just always I've always got a song in my head. I'm always, um, you know, when we get off the phone together here this today, you know, I'll be singing while I make the coffee and then I'll be singing on my way to the mailbox. And, you know, if you're devoted to music, then it's it's everywhere. And sometimes I have to quiet the, that uh, voice, you know, when I'm reading or talking with my kids or it's just that uh, if you're in the business of making songs, you want to make them good, too. I mean, I think Picasso wanted his um, paintings to sell, probably. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we got on this talk when we were kind of talking about Paint This Town and Jubilee. And uh, I don't know if you, how would you boil down the mood or the mindset if you were to compare or contrast the two albums that you released in two consecutive years? I'd say it's... Uh, well, um, there's like the the rock side and the roll side. Yeah, and this is the um, and and Jubilee, which we just put out, is uh, more of a acoustic driven album that explores more of the folk roots of Old Crow and Paint This Town. Um, explored more of the punk rock roots of Old Crow. Mm. Um, you know, it takes kind of both sides. You know, I wasn't from my parents didn't weren't from a farm didn't. Dad didn't mind coal. These are things that uh, that mean that you're a postmodernist when it comes to crafting country music. You know, you got to be like Loretta Lynn's lifestyle is not currently being duplicated by anybody on the charts here in Nashville. <laughs> Nobody, like, nobody's from Butcher Holler. <laughs> and so, how do you um, how do you authenticate country music if if you're not of the stuff? Uh, and, you know, you can do it with your twang and you can do it with auto-tune. Uh, just listen to the stuff that they're purveying. I did it because I spent 25 years doing it. 
and so when I when when I sound like country, it sound or like you know roots music, it sounds more like our Jubilee album. And then when I sound like the kid in the garage, you know, in the eighth grade, that's a little bit more like our Paint This Town album. I like to run on both tracks. Roots versus punk rock. That is a uh, that is a beautiful comparison and very very appropriate, I would say. Um, all right, so you mentioned Bean Blossom a little bit ago. How you came and played Bean Blossom, and so many Hoosiers who like the kind of music that you do know exactly what Bean Blossom is. Did you ever attend Bean Blossom as a fan or only as a performer? No, I just did it as a performer, but you know, as a fan of of that festival and so many other great bluegrass festivals. You know, I'd listen to the recordings and, you know, have the ephemera of, you know, an old fan or a program in a junk shop um, could just make you feel like you like you had been in attendance um, when the hippies came to Bean Blossom in the 70s. Um, I listened to a lot of um, uh, 78s. You know, I love the 78 RPM records. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, the state of Indiana cranked out a lot of them, especially up there in Richmond. You know, Richmond, Indiana was a major recording center. Mm -hmm. You know, folks that played the blues uh, in the Mississippi Delta were taking, you know, trains to Richmond to go make their records. It was a town that could make you famous. Uh, And I think a lot of people have forgotten that. But, you know, Indiana has a, um, a unique relationship and, and, and a particular special role in the uh, roots of of popular american music and uh i'm always mindful of that when i'm playing up there on the other side of the ohio river yeah so i mean when you played bean blossom did you feel that weight or i mean i I know that was a long time ago were you a little too young to maybe know the history of that uh no I, i i definitely felt it you know i think when you play music there's a little a little bit of shape shifting that can happen particularly when you play traditional music. But then again, I, I'm not sure that that uh, even, you know, like Beyonce isn't able to channel, you know, the, the past singers of the past, the bardic tradition. So I feel very much connected with the past everywhere I go as a performer, as a musician. I'm thinking about how, like if I'm playing a fiddle in Indiana, I'm thinking about how the fiddle's been played in Indiana for about 300 years. <laughs> Uh, and you know, the fiddle is there at the, you know, the clearing of the first acreage. It's at the building of the first courthouse in Corridon. You know, it's at the, it's at the interchange. It's, it's at the intersection of native and, and settler and slave. You know, the fiddle is always there in the American story. So is the banjo, this, this amazing African hybrid instrument. These are, uh, these are the Rosetta stones with which I'm trying to, um, you know, figure out where we came from and where we're going. Boy, you know your way into a Hoosier's heart, man. Corridon, Bean Blossom. <laughs> uh, catch Secor of Old Crow Medicine Show, who will I be... I left out Dan Quayle, but we'll work him up. <laughs> <when> we <get laughs> we'll Dan figure out how to work Dan in somewhere, the potato man. Uh, catch Secor and Old Crow Medicine Show will be at Brown County Music Center just a few miles down from Bean Blossom on the 17th. You got to go see him. Thank you so much for your time, Catch. Hey, thanks. Thank you for for crowing about us, and we'll see you up there in the Hoosier State. Catch his reputation as a good conversationalist, proven true on the WTTS In Conversation podcast. That's going to be a good show. You know what? Bookend that whole weekend with concerts. Go to that one on Friday night. 
And then hit up the last WTTS Rock to Read show for 2023. Shaky Graves plays Old National Center that following Sunday, November 19th. And we'll all help out children's reading programs through the Indianapolis Public Library Foundation that night. There is more, of course, at WTTSFM.com if you want it. I'm Matt Pelser, and I'll see you on the radio tomorrow morning on 92.3 WTTS.